Hey there, Danny with Right Foot Down. I messed up this ad read so many times because I really wanted to tell you about Track Monkey Apparel. They make great quality, enthusiast shirts along with hats, stickers, watches, patches, you name it. A couple of my personal favorites are their Life is Better at the Track Tee and their One Track Mind Tee. You should really check them out and see for yourself. Their products are great for you or the gearhead in your life. Visit trackmonkeyapparel.com. You're listening to the Untitled Car Show in partnership with RightFootDown.com. Visit RightFootDown for your daily automotive fix. If you enjoyed today's program, please tell a friend. It's the best way to support this show. If you want to visit the archives, go to YouTube and search for Untitled Car Show. That'll bring you to the archived episodes. If you want to follow this show, just search for Untitled Car Show on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can always send an email to the show at untitledcarshow at rightfootdown.com. We're so glad you decided to spend the next hour or so with us. Without further ado, let's get into today's program. Hello and welcome to the Untitled Car Show. I am joined today um, by... Uh, the gremlin of technical issues, uh, Justin Hughes, a.k.a. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin, thank you so much. I mean, we tried doing this. I think I'm going to put the uh, technical issues we had uh, from when we last started to record at the end of this, just because I think it will be hilarious. Um, yeah, that'll be the blooper reel. That'll be great. Yeah, we, we, we haven't had one of those yet, so that should be interesting. So um, <laughs> what makes it really... <laughs> interesting is um, you're I mean you used to do the podcast uh, episode description which was fantastic for me because that meant I didn't have to write anything um, and we talked very briefly about this before we started just having a horror t- technical issues last time so um, like how badly did that make you want to quit and go work for the drive <laughs> well, it wasn't because of uh, the uh, the write-ups for your podcast. I can guarantee that. <laughs> nah, it's um, it's it was interesting to do. Um, it was just tricky. I mean, you know, the the perk of that gig was uh, I got to hear every podcast before everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I just had to find you know an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever to uh, listen to the entire podcast, take notes as we went along about the, uh, you know, the fine points, the important things, the funny things, the just totally, utterly bizarre things, and then throw a paragraph together to put it all together somehow. Mm. So that's all that was. But it wasn't bad. It's just, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm a little more uh, pressed for time with uh, my other writing these days. Oh, and in, in honor of you, sir, I am currently eating as a, a Massachusetts. I am eating a Dunkin' Donut in honor of your uh, heritage up there. So. Oh yes, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got. We, we, we might as well use those. Oh, no, they're not mile markers. They're not even tenth of a mile markers. You got them on every street corner around here. <laughs> I, really. I, Dunkin' Donut. It, it's been years since I like ate donuts. Like. A lot, and it's just as of recently, I've just like 
had cravings for donuts, and I don't know why. So this is not for nothing, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's um, uh, you know, a sign, like should move or something. I don't know. But anyway, so that's kind of just a random aside on that one. So uh, let's talk a little okay, bit. So no. you, yeah, <laughs> really. Um, <laughs> put, put put down the donut and be professional. Like, come on now. Um, <laughs> but be you. You're professional. Yeah, well, you know, I try sometimes to be. I mean, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it, it's you. You had the unfortunate luck of, uh, and I, I say that jokingly, of course, that of listening to the show and getting to experience it um, in a more raw format than I think most people got used to it. Um, True. I, I don't know. It's you know, because I only ever have to listen to one side. I just have to, all the bullshit that comes out of my own mouth, and. Um, I don't know. It's interesting dynamic. So going from that and going to working, you know, you write some fantastic articles when you write for Right Foot Down and now um, you're writing some articles for The Drive. Um, and you recently did, um, ooh, what was it? You went to Fort Washington Hill Climb. Is that the name of the hill climb? Climb to the Clouds, Mount Washington, New Hampshire. Yes. Mount Washington. I don't know why Fort was in my head. I think it's because everything around D.C. is Fort something because we don't have mountains. So now, There's a lot of forts in New England, too. You know, We had to uh, defend our borders from those pesky British and French back in the day. Yeah, stupid Canada. You can't get in here and I take know, our right? shit. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your poutine on the other side of the wall. We thought it was some sort of oh, like no, venereal no, no, disease. No, bring the poutine here. I, I, I totally blame my wife for that. She's from Montreal. She introduced me to poutine, and now I am hooked. I love the stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's saying, a heart attack in a bowl, but I really don't care once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you're like, you know, 18th century, 19th century Massachusetts, and someone's saying the Canadians are coming and they have poutine, you'd be like, I don't want that venereal disease. Just keep that on the other side. Keep them away from me. That's Except it, Canada didn't exist until 150 years ago as a country. Uh, before, before that, it was just Britain or yeah. British colonies. Look, look at you, mister. I know things about history. Shame on you. Shame. Shame. You know, right now, in honor of this particular weekend, I'm wearing my shirt that says, that's what I do. I drink <laughs> and I know things. This is this is very true. That is a very I am ap- drinking. So there we go. Mm-hmm. I I also have again from Dunkin' Donuts, uh, not sponsor, but if they're interested, Dunkin' Donuts hit me up because um, we're still looking for a. Uh, we have the Untitled Car Show official pizza place and hot dog place, but uh, we're still working on. Actually, we don't have a hot dog place. We, it's kind of a tie between two. We have an official steakhouse. Um, yeah, because um, they well they need to send me something first before I make them the official official one, but the unofficial official one. Well, we need, like, an official, like, fast food place. And I, I don't know. Dunkin' Donuts. So the unofficial, official, official, unofficial, official sponsor, right? Well, no. See, Illuminati sent me pizza. So they're, they're the official pizza place. That's how that works. You give me gotcha. free crap, and then I give you the official market. I don't know what it counts for, but, you know, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> so, but What is it, a silhouette of a Volvo stamped on your forehead? <laughs> Yeah, Might it's actually well it's it's a brand. I actually have them brand my ass. That's what they do. Is they actually like so that way I like pull it down and you just see the cursive like <laughs> Luminati's right there. Well, I should get that is not an image I needed. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm sorry, <laughs> listenership. For everyone listening in an office environment, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
No, lost my trail out there. So, uh, as a Massachusetts, and we're going back here to your particular knowledge on this, can you go to Dunkin' Donuts for anything besides breakfast? Like, is is there anything there worth eating outside of their breakfast bullshit? Uh, well, they they do have like some regular sandwiches and stuff, but you know, I don't really see a point in going there unless you're getting donuts or bagels or coffee or or something like that you know one of their culottes in the summer is very nice i like those once in a while mm-hmm. um and yeah they they do stuff other than breakfast but i just stick with breakfast when you go there mm-hmm. see um i try and throw you off because you know the uh, particular ad uh hd aspect of the show so i'm trying to throw you even more off on this one and just kind of blindside you with topics so oh uh, but i'm adhd myself so i'm add technically so uh, i can keep right up right oh (laughs) see that's that's not a good one like so at the end of this we're gonna be talking way off the corner so if you're interested in cars just turn it off right now i suppose but actually (laughs) speaking of that so you you um have a project i'm very interested in you writing articles about it for the drive and um i'm fascinated you it seems like you even roped the uh you know misses into this one with you so um a while ago you managed to score a fairly inexpensive volkswagen jetta for a specific purpose can you can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with that and what how far along the project's progressing and what you're going to use it for Absolutely. Well, this past winter, uh, surfing Craigslist, looking for a project car, uh, I found and we picked up a 2003 Jetta Wolfsburg Edition for 600 bucks on a 1.8 turbo. You know, it, it wasn't perfect, of course. It had some rear-end damage, but that was absolutely perfect for our purposes, which is to convert it into a Smith Performance Ute. Uh, which is basically turning a Jetta into a small pickup truck. Uh, Very cool little kit car kind of thing that they offer. Um, They started with the Jetta. They've recently started expanding. They came out with one for the uh, Dodge Charger earlier this year, and they're just now coming out with one for the uh, the mid-2000s Audi A4 and S4. So uh, that's pretty cool. But I just got the, uh, the basic Jetta. And uh, putting it in that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my progress so far, um, over several weekends, they, they say you can build this in 20 to 40 hours of work, just a couple of weekends. But I'm, I'm not rushing it. I'm you know taking a lot of pictures and stuff as I go. I got a lot of other projects going. So uh, I've been at this for maybe about a month now. Uh, the aluminum bed, well, see, the first step, of course, was stripping and then... Uh, cutting the upper rear quarter of the car off that's half the roof that's uh most of the rear wheel wells uh the whole trunk area the back window goes away uh trimming it down to size and then uh the best part of this kit is there is no welding involved so even a moderately mechanically inclined person like me can do it you don't need crazy skills or crazy tools or anything the only professional tool i'm using right now is a uh, riveter that a friend of mine with his own shop just offered to loan me and i said okay because i'd be silly not to (laughs) 
but uh, I have most of the aluminum structure in at this point. It's, uh, it's mostly riveted and bolted into place. Uh, I can grab any part of the aluminum bed and the whole car shakes when I shake it. So uh, it's, it's just as solid as the original car. Uh, just today, I got the uh, the tail lights hooked up. Uh, rather than the original Jetta tail lights, it replaces those with Ford Explorer Sport Track tail lights uh, that are modified as well to take into account the separate turn signal and reverse light and uh, brake light that the uh, the Explorer had instead of the Jetta, which has all separate lights. Uh, so I got that working tonight. And uh, now i got to do a little more cleaning up of the wiring, but uh, the next step is to uh, pop on the tailgate and start putting the fiberglass body panels on. And that's where it really gets exciting. That's where it gets to the point. Once the fiberglass is on, I'll be able to start driving the car even before paint because aluminum and fiberglass doesn't rust. This is true. And it's yes. Massachusetts, so that's a very important thing. So. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I saw one of my favorite parts of this project is that for once in my life, I'm not working on old rusty bolts and stuff where 90% of the work is getting the stupid thing apart. This is all clean. This is all new. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it's remarkable. Like if you've lived in the Rust Belt, how quickly shit just goes south when it comes to rust. Oh, yeah. I don't know what manufacturers like because... Most car manufacturers are based in Detroit. I don't know what their like fetish is without rust proofing stuff, but it you know I can't imagine it would be too hard to switch to some sort of alloy that doesn't rust like instantly. But that's the curse yeah. of a life, I suppose. So it would add point zero one of a cent to the car total cost. So uh, we're not going to do it. Um, of course, because that would be well. See, if if cars didn't rust away, they wouldn't be able to sell as many cars to replace them. This is, there is a science to that, I'm sure, where it's like, well, you know, planned obsolescence and all that. Um, yeah, well, you can plan, you can choose that, you know, you're going to carry on with an older car, with older technology. You don't need 8,000 airbags. You don't need the car to half drive itself. You don't have as much of a choice, though, when the body falls apart around you. It's not really something you can drive anymore at that point. Mm -hmm. that, that's a very good point because you can always you could always change the running gear you could always do stuff to it but as soon as the shell gets compromised it's a lot harder to make that work for you and absolutely yeah so speaking of that i see that you in a recent tweet you were inspired by freddie hernandez you have a way you're going to uh do your uh paint yes um yeah, Freddie or Tavarish, as uh, he goes by. Um, he uh, recently posted a video where he plastered it his entire uh, Mercedes, or one of them at least. And uh, you know, I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to finish off the uh, the Jetta Ute um, because you know the back half is going to be unpainted fiberglass, black, and all that. The front half is still silver. And one of the front fenders I need to replace it came with a dent in it. Uh, so that's going to be whatever color the donor car was. And I want to make it all one color and look pretty. And I've been wondering if I should paint it or wrap it or dip it. But uh, seeing his video on exactly how he uh, he dipped the Mercedes, um, 
know, the kit looks like it comes with everything you need, and uh, the end result is decent. And, you know, if if I don't like it when it's done, I can just peel it off and try something else. But mm. uh, I was looking at the uh, the prices, and uh, the, the color we want is plum crazy. It's a nice shade of purple, um, just to be weird. <laughs> and uh, the kit for that, uh, we're, we're pricing it based on a coupe. Because, well, let's face it, there's no back seat anymore. There's not as much body as there used to be. Um, and that's going for about 367 which you know, isn't bad. And it's cheaper than you know even probably the most basic Mako paint job. I'm just guessing on that. But uh, hmm. it's, it's, it's got to be easier than that. Plus, I can do it myself without you know paying someone else to do it. True. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm... I'm pondering a direction to go with the Volvo. So I was talking uh-huh. with um, some people, and um, blue is nice. I like the blue on the car, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, um, blue. The wife is a big fan. Her favorite color, our wedding color, was British Racing Green. So, That's a good one, too. Yeah, so I was having a thought. So um, the listeners are aware that the hood is painted in chalkboard paint. And yes. chalkboard paint comes in two colors. It comes in black, and it comes in slate, which is basically British racing green. So my thought was maybe I take all the plastic dip off because it, I put it on in such a half-assed way, it, it doesn't look at all good. I'm, I'm tempted to paint a white roof, a white roof on it to help with the heat because there's no AC in that. And then the rest of the car with the exception of the hood as British racing green and keep the hood black cuz carbon fiber. So that's <laughs> right. ki- that's kind of where I'm at it's, with that. So It's really funny you should say that because not only have I sold my wife on this idea of uh, dipping the Jetta purple. Uh, she she doesn't like the silver of her Ford Flex because it's just boring. And then she got looking into dip for herself and what she thinks she wants is a green they have that's maybe a little bit lighter than British racing green but not much that across the bottom and a white roof yeah she came to that conclusion all by herself earlier today so um great minds think alike I guess I suppose yes um uh turns out no chalkboard hood for us we'll uh we'll make that green too Mm. Um, plot twist, I'm actually your wife, Justin. This has been a long con. That's what's going on here. So have you ever seen us in the same place at the same time? I get it. Yeah. Have you ever seen us in the same place at the same time? I don't think so. No, yeah, I have see? not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's disturbing. I don't oh, want to. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. GRC in D.C. last year, you were both there. Oh, that was a paid actor. That, that's what that was. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Mm-hmm. It's all an illusion. It evil twin? Hmm? What? It wasn't your evil twin? You know too much. Get him, boys! Send in the birds. Send in <laughs> no, the birds. Actually, that was your good twin. You're the evil one. Well, yeah, that, that's why I have to go tea. But I'm so evil, right. it's turned into a full beard. I'm, I'm liking the beard. <laughs> I, I don't it's know. It's like evil spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because last we met, if I recollect correctly, you were pretty much clean-shaven. I believe last time yep. I saw you, because I you, was. you like the baby face, right? Have you ever grown out like a big? Because I, I know your hair, you got the ponytail going. On. Have you ever grown out like a big old beard? I imagine the answer is yes. Uh, 
not a big old beard, but uh, you know, I, I am doing a little face fuzz these days, just mm. because, well, let's face it, I got really sick of shaving every day, and I'm lazy, so uh, <laughs> this, you know, buzzing once a week, and it's good. But see, I, that's a that's the aspect I like of it too. But like, I, I I've let this thing grow out. Um, I I grew it out and then I trimmed it off and and then the wife was like, I don't like the way that's trimmed. So now I'm just kind of letting it go like full bushman, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm liking it at the moment. I can't really grow it out too too far at the moment. I have um, um, despite my like honkiness, um, like I have like a lot of southern Italian in me, which means I get like very curly. Like gotcha. almost like, see, this is I grew up in a very, 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 very white community. Like yep. I went to high school, and that was like when I first saw like a black person in my community. I was like, oh, we have a black people. So yeah, uh, it was same with me. I grew up in a small town in uh, in Central Mass, and yeah, there was literally one black kid in my graduating class of yeah. fifty nine. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's you know you're living in like a weird community when like. White's number one in terms of like, you know, um, well, that, that taken out of context is going to be great. You know, like in terms of like a population <laughs> size, and then you have, you know, Asian and then black, because that's like completely not like the normal demographics. So when I moved out to, you know, the District of Columbia, which, you know, the District of Columbia is majority African-American, and when I got my hair cut for the first time, um, the barber was very confused. She's like... Because the listeners, if you haven't seen me in the video, like if you take a sheet of paper and put it up against my leg, it's basically like which one's which. So she was cutting my hair and she's like, do, do you have black people in your family? Like I, you have like very close to like, you know, African hair, but it's not I'm like I'm like fa- my grandfather's from southern Italy and my dad's from southern Italy. So that's part of it. Like. Okay, like it's like she didn't believe me. Like she thought I was albino or something. So when it comes, that's my long way of going to. So when it comes to cutting the facial hair, like it like goes curly, like pretty immediately. So it's harder to grow it out, I think, because it's like coarser than it, you would expect on someone of my uh, skin complexion. So and it's like rougher. So I have to condition it a lot. So that's why I usually didn't grow out a beard, but I've been conditioning, which is like the like least like likely thing I would have thought I would be doing in my life would be conditioning a beard. Like I would do a lot of weird crap conditioning a beard. Again, this is you didn't think this was going to go this way here, J- Justin, but this is where we're at. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm liking it, so I, I don't know. I, I I highly recommend just just let just let the beard flag fly, man. Just like let it grow out, especially with your big old ponytail and you ride the motorcycles. I think you need a beard. Like. <laughs> I think well, that's where... I tried letting it go out, but it just goes out of control. And you know, I, I have very fine hair, and that goes for the top of my head as well as my face. And, uh, yeah, I, I just can't do anything with it. Mm. So if, if I got to the point where I had to condition it, I'd just shave the whole thing off because can't be bothered. Oh, but it's so nice. Like, and then the, the great thing, too, is, like, I got a baby face. So, like, yeah, I, you do. I, I, yeah I know you, you've seen it. it. It's, like, I hate being carded. I got carded, like, not what is this, like five years ago, so it was like 26, 27, and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they, I got carded by in a video game, which you have to be over 17. I'm like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, I'm definitely over wow. 17. Come on now. And it's like, you look like you're 12 working behind the counter. Like, this is just ridiculous. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, See, I, I almost never get carded anymore because, you know, with the face fuzz I've got, um, well, it's not exactly um, dark. It's more of what I call um, monochromatic blonde. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, it makes me look I'm, you know, not 17, for example. Uh, I got you. It's... But I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. My, my face, my, my top head hair is very, like, dirty blonde, and my beard is very, uh-huh. like... It's approaching red, so it's it's a little, yeah, it's a little like off. It, it's better than it was when I was a kid, like not a kid, but when I was first able to grow a beard, like it came in all sorts right. of different colors. It was like brown and blonde. I was like a fucking calico cat, like. <laughs> See, calico beard, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, some people would pay good money to have uh, a beard or hair like that. Well, it was. I thought it was cool, except for none of the girls at school did. So that's why it was just being shaved off. Um, well, in that case, forget yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah, like priorities. if your beard can't get you any puss, what good is it? That's how that works. And then once you get married, just let it all grow out. You know why not? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm already married, so uh, whatever. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I feel like we kind of got off topic here. This is a car show. Just a uh, little bit. <laughs> yeah. See, this is this is why I like having Justin on though, because Justin, despite all the technical issues, is a very charismatic fellow who writes great car articles, and it's 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 not that it's a intimidating is not the right word, but you're you have a wealth of knowledge of automobiles to the point where, like, I feel like I'm almost uh, not utilizing you properly by not talking about cars. So we should get back to that. So, uh, okay. I mean, you, yeah, so you. Been riding for the drive. You went up to Mount Washington. We kind of talked about that a yes. little bit. Um, you spent yeah. the whole weekend there, and people are racing up this wonderful hill climb. Tell us a little bit about like the history of Mount Washington, because even as a car enthusiast, I'm not too familiar with like what it is and why it is. Okay, well, I mean, most car people have heard of Pikes Peak out in Colorado and the hill climb up there. Um, the Mount Washington Auto Road actually came first, as well as the Climb to the Clouds. The uh, very first car to go up Mount Washington was a Stanley Steamer uh, driven by Stanley himself in 1899. I just wrote an article about this, so I'm rattling this off the top of my head. That's why. Can, uh, can, I, can I make a quick guess on who currently owns that car? Is it Jay Leno? Uh, not me. Is it, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. He has everything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. So anyway, the first official race up Mount Washington happened in 1904. I believe that was seven years before the first Indy 500 and 12 years before the first race at Pikes Peak. Um, and it's um, no, it's gone on ever since. Some real legends have raced there over the years cannonball baker uh carol shelby held the record for quite some time mm. um and uh, you know the race hasn't always been going you know it went between 1961 and 1990 there weren't any races up mount washington but they uh they revived it again in 1990 and it ran for a while then it faded out and now since uh, 2011, they've been running it every three years. Um, might remember in 2010, uh, Travis Pastrana set a new unofficial record up the mountain uh, in a uh, rally-prepared Subaru. Um, it, it was unofficial because it wasn't at an officially sanctioned event. 
um, but it was faster than any record time so far. So uh, when Climb to the Clouds came back officially in 2011, uh, David Higgins of Subaru Rally Team USA set a new record faster than Travis's, and uh, he broke that record again in 2014. So this year, going into Climb to the Clouds, um, you know both Travis Pastrana and David Higgins had their you know fully rally prep Subarus, except they were running engines from the Global Rallycross cars with twice as much horsepower. So you get these fully rally prep Subarus with 600 horsepower, and uh, it, it was pretty insane to see. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. So yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah, I was up there for uh, Saturday. Sunday, I didn't get up there for the first day of practice Friday that took place on the top half of the mountain. Um, Saturday, uh, the second day of practice took place on the bottom half of the road. And uh, you, know, you say that I'm responsible for all of these technical problems. Um, I don't know about that, but I did happen to be present for not one but two major crashes on Mount Washington, one on each day. Uh, where I was at the Signal Corps spectator area uh, taking pictures and stuff on Saturday, uh, Savage Dave Wallingford was coming uh, coming up the hill in his Ford Fiesta, going through a, a very tight, it was a 180 left, followed immediately by a very hard, uh, more than 90 degree right. And uh, he rolled over because he had too much traction and uh, the Fiesta is not the lowest car to the ground, and he rotated one and a half times and ended up on his roof. Um, very dramatic. Uh, they both got out and walked away from it. In fact, uh, the American Rally Association not only has a good video of the crash, they've also got a video of an interview with the two, with the uh, driver and co-driver right afterwards with the overturned car in the background and all that fun stuff. <laughs> And then uh, Sunday, I was up at the Cragway Spectator area. Uh, an important distinction between Mount Washington and Pikes Peak is that Pikes Peak is now all paved all the way up, which many people are very sad about. Mount Washington still has about a mile of gravel road. Um, in fact, I, I asked them, the people who worked there, you know, have they considered paving it? And I'm curious why it's still gravel. And apparently, the road is very, very narrow. I mean, Pikes Peak might as well be a super highway compared to the Mount Washington R road in places, you know, and in its narrowest places, it's hard for two cars in opposite directions to pass each other on a regular day of operation. And, uh, it would actually narrow the road even more if they were to pave it. So two cars couldn't get by and that's why they haven't done it. Oh. Little known fact right there. Makes sense. But, uh, Anyway, uh, yeah. carrying on, uh, I was up at the uh, Cragway Spectator area and watching everyone go up, and uh, there were a couple of red flags for cars that had broken down on the way, but nothing serious, and then uh, you know, I, I had the ham radio with me, I was listening to the net, and we knew David Higgins had started his run, and you know, he had set the record of uh, what was it, 609.09 uh, in 2014. And we were expecting both him and Travis to blow away the six-minute barrier, but which of them was going to be faster? Uh, Travis was faster both days of practice, so Higgins was in the unfamiliar position of coming from behind. He's not used to that. He usually wins everything. So he was pushing as hard as he could, 
And as he described it later, when he can't, got to the uh, Cragway turn, he forgot about one of the little jogs there. Unlike previous times up, they did not have co-drivers calling out directions to them. So uh, he was traveling alone, and uh, he he tried to catch it. This was out of this was out of sight, but it's clear on the videos. He tried to catch it, hand braked it, um, but then his left rear wheel caught a rock on the outside, broke the wheel off, broke the brake. Car went spinning and over the side. Fortunately, there was actually something underneath the road to catch him about 10 feet down. It's not like some parts of the road where you could be dropping a thousand feet. Easy. That would have been really, really bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, and I was there. I saw him go off and all of us were just, we we just couldn't believe it. I mean, this is David Higgins. He's unstoppable. He doesn't make mistakes like this. And you know, none of us could believe what we saw for a minute. And uh, I was down uh, with the media vest. I was literally right at the side of the road on the inside of the turn waiting for him to go by. And all I caught on my video was just a little glimpse of the trunk rotating off the road. <laughs> and once I realized what was going on, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm one of the closest people to this guy. I gotta go see if he's okay. Yeah. So that was where I stopped being a reporter and became a first responder. You know, a couple of the other media guys and the volunteers and I, we we all ran across the road and uh, you know we helped him out of the car. And and David Higgins was fine. He wasn't the slightest bit hurt. Um, it was interesting too because you know he he was calm and collected, but I I could tell frustration was there i mean he didn't talk much uh he was doing things like slamming the doors of the cars he got stuff together he was he was closing the doors a little bit harder than necessary <laughs> just bubbling over a tiny little bit and when he got up to the road though it was all collected all smiles all waves to the crowd he uh, he did wander off by himself for a few minutes to you know, collect himself, and hey, who can blame him, you know, yeah. he, he, he just threw away the record and had a huge crash, and, uh, you know, let the team down by crashing the car, of course he's going to feel bad about that, but, you know, mm. but then, you know, he, when he came back, though, he was, oh, I've never seen as good sportsmanship as I saw out of Higgins, there's a, a great picture that uh, Dagger Slate Media took, um, that actually he offered, and now it's at the top of my article about, uh, Pastrana's record-setting run uh, with uh, Pastrana drifting by in the same turn, and there's David Higgins standing basically next to me, giving him a big thumbs up as he goes by. I mean, what sportsmanship. It was great. great. And, uh, you know, Pastrana got to the top. He ran a 5-minute and 46-second run. So uh, that was awesome. And uh, there were only two runs up the mountain, so I was down at the... uh, at the uh, start line for that one and who comes out to wave the green flag for Travis Pastrana but David Higgins who can't drive so he's going to send his teammate off which is pretty awesome and then he went and blew his own record away with a 5 minute 44 second run the interesting thing though is uh, there's a certain section of the road where they record everyone's trap speed how fast they were going and Pastrana's first run, he went through there at 115. This is a 20-mile-an-hour road, by the way. <laughs> and his second run, he was only only doing 110. 
Higgins mm. hit it at 116. So it, it's, it would be interesting to see what Higgins would actually do with a run up to Hill. And uh, you know, the, the Hill climb's already been scheduled for July 2020. And, you know, he was a great sport about, you know, handing the record over to Pastrana, but you know he's going to be out for blood in three years to get that record back. Yeah. In a very polite, you know, Manx way, of course. Yeah. It's it's weird to me that it's every three years, but before we kind of dive into that, I'm I'm curious. Um, So you were around the only two crashes that happened this race, right? Uh, not the only two. Uh, Bill Petro uh, went off near the bottom. Uh, his uh, his 240SX uh, kind of went off the road and dropped down into a ditch pretty badly. Uh, when we went down the mountain on uh, on Saturday, uh, the only way I knew there was a car there is I saw a wheel on the side of the road and there was a tow truck with a cable stretching way down. I was, uh, was going to say, do you do you know that meme of, like, the girl standing in front of a fire? It's kind of what I was picturing. Like, you know, she's smiling at the camera, like, with, like, an evil face on. And then she, oh, yes, yes. And she gets copied and pasted everywhere. I was going to ask you, like, do you do you remember where you were May, May 6th, 1937? Was it around an <laughs> airfield in, like, you know, New Jersey by any chance? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Ring any bells? Hawaii vacation going on there? <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I used to have a TARDIS in my basement, just like Doctor Who. But uh, I've I misplaced it. The Chameleon Circuit must have altered its form, and uh, and I haven't been able to find it in years. Mm. Am I am I not a big enough nerd? Like because I don't like Doctor Who? Is like is that what's holding me back? It's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's got their things, and it's not one of yours, and that's okay. Well, I mean, like, I get the Star Trek references. Like, we could be big old nerds about Star Trek and other nerdy stuff, but, like, I feel like there's, like, a big chunk of my nerd culture, like, I have, where I have a blind spot, and it's Doctor Who. And it that seems you know, unfortunate to me. Yeah, it's a blind spot, but, you know, if, if it doesn't do it for you, it doesn't do it for you. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. It, it, I think it's the sonic screwdriver and then yep. the... Um, what are the little guys? To destroy, destroy those guys. Oh, exterminate. Yeah, yeah, Daleks, yeah. Daleks, yeah. They look like salt and pepper shakers, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's the, like, plunger hand where I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that well, was back it. Back in 1963, that was high tech. Yeah. We just invented, <laughs> like, inside plumbing. Of course, look, the robots are going to have... You know, it actually kind of makes sense. Like, if they evolved from, like, you know, being servant robots, they, of course they'd have a plunger. Because what's the task you least want to do in your house is have to plunge your own toilet. It makes so much sense now. A plunger and a ray gun. Yeah. Go well, figure. The ray, gun is, the ray gun is to help dissolve the shit, and the plunger is to help it go down the tube. It makes sense. They, they obviously evolved from being, like, some sort of, like, you know, toilet Roomba thing. So, oh my God! I think you're really, really onto something here. Yeah, this no is. No wonder they're so angry all the time. That's yeah, all he did. Yeah, think about no it. No wonder they want to exterminate all other forms of life. Then nobody would be clogging the damn toilet. Well, see that that see it's even worse than that because it makes more sense because if you go, how do you stop the toilet from getting clogged in the first place? Exterminate all life, you know, like right. That's my name. 
That's why they're out to kill everybody. Because mm-hmm. then they can't clog the toilet. Makes exactly. total sense. Daleks don't use toilets. They'll remain clean all the time. That's right. We, this episode, like back early on in this uh, podcast, there was episodes where I think you one of the early ones where you were on was one of these two. Well, I feel like we start off with a very broad audience and like we just slowly, like every 10 minutes, just chop off more and more <laughs> until it's just basically like the only two people hearing this are going to be you and me. So um, by the time you get to the end, yeah, you know, that, that's that's not really the way to retain <laughs> listeners. We should probably work on that. Yeah, see, but I'm trying to I'm trying to narrow it down to like people who like get it, you know, like doesn't that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. True. yeah. Even though I really don't get it, so let, let's kind of change. Uh, <laughs> let's kind of change. Yeah, exactly. So um, when you were on. Uh, is this the third time you've been on the show and, like, the fourth or fifth time we've recorded something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think um, the other times we've been on the show, we really went to down the uh, inside the actor studio questions with you ever. So That's true. Mm-hmm. So That's you, very true. We haven't done that yet. It's been yeah. a while. So you know the questions as they come, which... Uh, uh, some guests claim to listen to the show, but I'm sure they don't listen that far in. You know, this uh-huh. is this is the self-deprivation. Yeah, you know, if I'd been thinking, I would have actually thought about answers to these questions before, you know, just now. Mm-hmm. But it's okay; I'll make it up. Mm-hmm. But for those of you who may be listening for the first time, because this is the automotive podcast of record, um, we decide to ask our guests the important questions of the automotive community. And for Justin, these are, of course, the thoughts and feelings of you today because some of these can change day by day hour by hour or minute by minute so uh question the first okay get off of the hindenburg disaster and then get on to uh what is your favorite car favorite car Uh, i gotta say it's a toss-up between either the miata or the BRZ slash FRS slash 86. I I just love those, you know, great handling, adequate horsepower cars that, uh, you know, you got to actually have a clue how to drive to get the speed and keep the speed on. Mm -hmm. Which is slightly weird to me because you are a uh, large gentleman, you're tall, you're a little intimidating, and uh, those cars are anything but. So... No, I, I never had problems fitting in the BRZ. Uh, the Miata, I definitely had issues getting my head low enough to be below the roll bar for the track. Mm-hmm. No question about that. Well, it's called a roll helmet, isn't it? That's what it's for? Like, Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How tall are you again? Six feet. So for some reason, I thought you were taller than that. Maybe that's just my shitty uh, like um, posture. For some reason, I had you yeah, in my head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're taller than me. Yeah. I was trying to think. Yeah. I, I think I'm confusing you with Pendulette for some reason. I think it's the ponytail. Oh, like, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he, you're slightly less magical, too. Only slightly. Only slightly. That's true. Yeah. That's uh, true. Mm-hmm. What's your least favorite car? Oh, least favorite car. I... I know a lot of people say this, and it's the obvious answer, but 
you know, anytime I'm stuck behind someone who can't drive or get out of their own frickin' way, it's always a Prius. Mm. I don't hate it because it's a hybrid, because there are plenty of, you know, good hybrids out there, you know, like McLaren, Porsche, and Ferrari, and others have shown that you can use hybrid technology to make a car go faster. It's, it's possible. But there's something about the people who drive a Prius that, I, I don't know, it's the car for people who don't like cars or don't care about driving, and it shows how they drive, it seems. That is 100% accurate. Um, <laughs> so what automotive modification trend do you find yourself attracted to? Uh, well, being a rally fan as I am, um, anything like that, you know, knobby tires, a little bit of a lift, um, you know, 8,000 rally lights all over the car. Now that's mm. that's the kind of thing I like. And not exclusive to Subarus. I mean, yes, I'm a Subaru fan. I had a BRZ. I have a WRX. But, you know, it, it can be anything. You can throw all that stuff on a Yugo, and that would be cool. In fact, that would probably even be cooler than a WRX, because everybody does it to a WRX. Yeah. Like, are you talking about, like, the battle wagon trend that I've seen that I absolutely love? Like, I do like battle wagons. That's not quite what I mean, not quite that extreme. But, uh, you know, like with the Jetta Ute, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, you know, it, it's already taller than stock in the rear because I've taken 200 pounds out of the car. Uh, I'm going to be putting VR6 springs in the front. Uh, it's only a 1.8 turbo, so that'll lift the front up a little bit. I'll put some uh, some knobby tires on that. I may add some extra lights, not necessarily for the rally look, but that's the sort of thing I like. I, I, I love the battle wagon thing. Um, that's just a little more extreme than I feel like driving every day. Mm, I got you. So kind of like a pro, not maybe pro rally, but like rally prepped would be a good way to call that. Yeah. You know, maybe without the roll cage and, uh, you know, the racing seat and all that. But, yeah. A, a rally, maybe, rally ready sounds too extreme. I'm trying to think of what would, what was. Rally-ish. Rally-ish, okay. Um, <laughs> what's your least favorite modification trend? What do you see on the street and you just dislike? Again, a lot of people say this, but it's the truth. I'm not a fan of stance. I mean... I can appreciate the work that goes into, you know, getting the edge of the fender oh ever so close to the rim without touching or rubbing or anything. That does take a bit of engineering, but uh, you know, when you get a car that low and with that much negative camber, it's just you know what makes a good race car taken to an extreme, and uh, it makes the car unusable. You know, I like a car I can drive rather than you know necessarily looking good. What automotive sound or noise do you love? Ah, oh, there are so many, but uh, I gotta say, I could have had a V8. Mm. Nice, nice, throaty V8 rumble. That was one thing my uh, Crown Vic cop car did well because a previous owner put Flowmasters on it, and uh, yeah, that, that was pretty sweet. Is it a law that every automotive enthusiast needs to own a? old police car at some point. Well, you've seen the Blues Brothers, right? That's true. You have yeah, such you a... Your Boston accent, your Massachusetts accent, sneaks out occasionally, and it absolutely delights me whenever it does. 
accent. Well, I did grow up in the town of Harvard. Yeah. You're just like, Blues Brothers, you know. The, the <laughs> I don't know. It just tickles me pink. I, I find accents absolutely <laughs> fascinating. You know, I hadn't even noticed, but okay. Yeah, exactly. See, this is, it. It. it, it, it I've been smiling this whole time because it occasionally sneaks up, but that one put me just over the edge. Uh, what automotive sound or noise do you hate? Four-cylinder engine with a straight pipe, no muffler, no resonator, just <laughs> Usually on an old Civic, so, you know, it's up at the high revs constantly, sounding like it's working its ass off and not really going very fast. Which is always Don't get fun. me wrong, I love old Civics, but that particular setup of one doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it's, um... It makes my ears bleed. It, that's a uh, bleeding ears. It's almost it's just by like the amount of it on the road. It's definitely one of the worst things on the planet, along with the like whoop whoop whistles. But I feel like those went away. Mm. Like Bubba, yeah. like never those never really took off elsewhere in the world. Thank the God. whistles go woo. No, no, the whistles go woo woo. That's what they do. They, yep. They do too. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, there's a classic. Yeah. Um. That's almost as good as the uh, Fuck You Baltimore ad from a while ago. Like, if you're dumb enough to buy a car this weekend, you're dumb enough to buy it from Bill Hells. Yeah. So, that's a <laughs> well, good one. not being from Baltimore, I didn't see that, but that's kind of funny. Uh, do you, know, you don't know what I'm talking about? It's an old, um, it's a commercial. It was on uh, YouTube a while ago. It was big on YouTube back when YouTube, like, first got out. It's like an old, it looks like an old uh, television commercial. It never actually ran here in Baltimore, but it was like, it was literally like, fuck you, Baltimore. If you're dumb enough to buy a car this weekend, you're dumb enough to buy it from Bill Hells. Like, Bill Hells, like, bring your wife. Like, we'll fuck her. That's right. We'll fuck your wife. Like, that. you need to go, <laughs> you need to go watch it. It's absolutely, like, uh, especially when it gets to challenge. to go look that up, yes. Yeah, especially when it gets to challenge pissing. I feel like you in particular will enjoy that. Um, <laughs> uh, what profession in the automotive community? So anything from lube tech to guy to Sergio Marcioni. Marcioni? I'm trying to remember how to pronounce his name. Anyway, the guy in charge of Fiat Chrysler. Uh, right. Would you like to try? Well, let's see. Um, I, if you could do anything. Like, there's no limitation. If I could do anything, to, yeah. right. I would have said, you know, uh, write about cars and get paid for it, but I'm actually doing that now. So I'm going to skip that one. And try to think of something else. Um, probably I'd want to be a, uh, a factory like driver or instructor, uh, either test driver or, uh, you know, like with the BMW, Cadillac, a bunch of those companies have their own, uh, even Dodge have their own, uh, or SRT has their own performance driving school. So when you buy like a CTSV or an M car or an SRT vehicle, um, along with that purchase, you get sent to this driving school to actually learn what the hell you're doing with it. And uh, it'd be fun to be one of those drivers and instructors. So I think that's what I'd like to go for in a dream. Yeah, I, I'm picturing you, because there's always that like driver's meeting beforehand where they like give out like yep. all like the charts and diagrams. I'm trying mm -hmm. to decide if you would be in there for hours and hours or if you'd be in there for like five minutes. 
I'm... I would lean closer to the five minutes if I can. Get the basics, and then let's just go drive. That's mm-hmm. fun. I say there's no That's median. There's there's no median in there for you. I I just knew it was one or the other. So, um, <laughs> pretty much. What profession though do you think you'd be the worst at or least want to do? I would be terrible at sales. I think because. I'm just too nice a guy. I mean, that's not to say that salespeople are jerks or anything. Well, I'm sure there are some that are, but uh, but I know there are some that are. I've experienced a few. No, but, not in uh, the automotive sales. Yeah. Oh, that, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm not a good salesman. Um, I'm not good at you know trying to get people to buy a car they don't necessarily need. Um, I, I'd be the one saying, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know you want this new WRX, but hey, we've, we've got this 96 Impressa L out back that, uh, it's going to be so much more fun and you can have it for a thousand bucks and I'd make no commission and I, I get fired in like a month or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd be pretty bad at that, you know, upselling like the warranties and all that stuff, uh, or options. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I'd be pretty bad at that. Yeah, you don't really need that warranty. It's it's fine. Um, <laughs> like undercoating is basically just bullshit. You don't want it. Just don't sign here. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your automotive pet peeve? Left lane hogs, usually mm-hmm. a Prius. <laughs> this is true. But yeah, I, I actually am tempted. When I uh, get the Jetta back on the road, I'm tempted to pick up one of those traffic advisor, like amber blinky light things, and put it on the Jetta. So that when I'm stuck behind a Prius doing 50 in a 65 zone in the left lane, and I finally get a break in traffic to blow past him on the right, I can get in front of him and put on the blinky lights telling him to move left. <laughs> I wonder if that would have any effect. That is a. But, but, but that is by far my pet peeve. Mm-hmm. That is a good idea. I wonder if I could get one from the front of my car. It's like, deep, 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 like, get over. Um, although then he well, might think I'm trying to... My, uh, my SC2, I had an amber uh, Knight Rider light bar. That just went back and forth, like Knight Rider, because I'm a great big nerd like that. Mm-hmm. No, not you, sir. Not at all. No, never. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, never watched a uh, Star Trek episode in your life. Never. Uh-uh. Not, not the oh, case. yeah. Like, uh, you know, a couple earlier tonight with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, ooh, now, now here's a good one. So, when you uh, were forced to listen to all these, I don't know if uh, we actually did this segment, so this might be even new to you. Um, mm-hmm. So, you have a choice. You have to live with one of these cars uh, for okay. the rest of your life. You're not allowed to modify it beyond the way that I modify it for, for you. So, okay. You have either a uh, Toyota uh, GT86, uh, but it's been fully stanced out, or <laughs> you can have a Toyota Prius that's been rally-ished. No, you got to keep it. The day of delivery, that's how you got to keep it. It's your daily driver. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can I have cars in addition to it? You, your <laughs> wife is allowed to have her flex. That's about as far as that goes. 
So. Okay, well, the Flex is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But you're not allowed to drive. Uh, oh, okay. Um. <laughs> Sheesh. Well, the, the, the 86 all stanced out and everything would be, um, interesting to drive. It would be exciting. But, uh,. I, I think along the lines of the fast or slow car fast philosophy, I'd go for the rally Prius and I would rally cross the hell out of it. <laughs> because hey, electric motors can generate maximum torque from zero RPM and having ridden an electric sport bike about a month ago, uh yeah, that 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 was pretty cool. So yeah, I'd take the Prius because it's the better deli driver and also so I could rally the hell out of it. <laughs> Can I tell you how much respect I would have for a Prius with mud stains on it? Like, <laughs> like even if oh, it was yeah. still clogging the left lane, I'd be like, mm, props. Like, you can't see me, but I'm doing the Obama not bad face right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I can yeah. get behind that, yeah. Well, see, I... The way I look at it is it would be a Prius that I could just beat the crap out of and abuse like the car deserves to be. <laughs> it's a bit of schadenfreude by getting to, well, I guess not even schadenfreude, you just get to punish it for all the other ones. Like it's your, mm-hmm. uh, it's the uh, BDSM um, Prius, basically. Like you get to punish <laughs> it because it's been a bad boy. Like, um, oh, there we go. Hey, yeah, yeah. Paint it all like matte black and put the Punisher skull on the hood. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, can I modify it like that? Yeah, we're gonna do that, and we're also gonna put some uh, whips uh, in the back seat, just just to oh, make people ask questions. Uh, Jason, what are the whips for? Like, mind your business. That's what. Um, Wouldn't you like? Exactly. <laughs> Well, it, it's interesting. So, getting back to, I feel like we did talk at all about cars here, which is fine, I guess, in a way. No, we, we, we did a little. A little. Know, yeah, yeah. You, the hill climb, uh, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the Hindenburg, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so, like that. Are, are you bringing the uh, Ute uh, on the Lemons Rally this next year? Is that the plan? That is the hope. Um, I'm not exactly sure uh, how I'm going to go about it yet, uh, or with whom. Um, my wife has dibs on the co-driver slot, but she may not opt to take it. Mm. So uh, we'll have to see. I mean, once the uh, unification is done and I'm driving it regularly again, uh, then there's the matter of getting it into you know actual real reliable driving condition because of course that's the important thing for the lemons rally yes a uh, lesson learned there yeah exactly uh, yeah oh, <laughs> well, some good tires hmm? uh, which is also on the plan what's uh, it so tires yeah tires yeah like big well, tires you, know, you might run into some snow no that that barely happened at all in the race yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah <laughs> yeah Not, but, just a uh, little yeah, yeah I, I, I would definitely like to do the Lemons Rally with it next year. That would be really cool. Um, just got to figure out how to make it happen. But I'm really not thinking quite that far ahead yet because uh, I'm 
one step at a time. First, it's you know finish the build, and then it's uh, you know finish the uh, the exterior with the dip or whatever. Probably the dip at this point. And uh, you know there's the uh, the mechanical stuff, the finishing, making it you know a good you know reliable car, you truck, whatever the hell it is. Are you gonna clear coat the dip? Or are you gonna make it shiny? I'm not sure. Possibly. Um, Got to figure that out. I think you should, because you're making it purple, right? That's the plan? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a, they introduced it as a muscle car kind of purple. And, yeah. you know, of course, the jet is no muscle car, but we really like that purple. So, uh, I, I feel yeah. like purple has to be gloss. I don't know if, if you could do matte purple. I'm not sure if it'll look 100% like the way you're picturing it. Because I... I kind of like the idea of like a crazy plum, or I guess it's plum crazy purple Jetta, which is like all sorts of like crazy on its own, but it needs to be like as glossy as hell. So like you can piss off all those old muscle car guys. So nice. Oh my God. I, yeah, I th- well, the beauty of it is the, uh, the gloss layer goes on last. So yeah. uh, if, while, while making it purple, you know, I've, I've got to go through the matte phase anyway. True. So if I, you know, if if we get it matte purple and I don't like it, then uh, you know it's fine like that for a while, and then you know when I'm ready, just you know clean it all up real good and uh, and gloss it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm excited. So, Justin, I I want to thank you so much for dealing with all the technical bullshit that you may or oh, may yeah. not cause by some weird <laughs> like cosmic Stick power. Around and listen to the blooper reel after this. It'll yeah. Be, uh, entertaining or it'll make your ears bleed i'm not sure which yeah i'm not sure quite but which not as either. bad as a uh you know a, a civic with straight pipe mm-hmm. did i ever ask you what the hardest food to eat while driving is no you didn't and uh yeah i've i've, I've been thinking about this and i i've been trying to come up with a, an original answer you haven't heard before um so far i have failed to do so <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I need to get a chart. Would be, huh? I need to get a chart of it because I, yeah. I do. Yeah, at some point, like person with what it goes with. Difficult to eat, but you know, I don't think it's the most difficult by any stretch of the imagination. It, it's it's just French fries with you know, cheese and gravy. So mm. uh, that that's pretty simple, all things considered. Um, what was it that uh, Matt Hardigree said? It was pho. Oh no, matzo ball soup. Oh, matzo ball soup. That's right. I remember he had something really difficult, and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I think since I can't come up with a better idea of my own, I'm gonna have to agree with the Hardy Bird on that one. Mm-hmm. I, he he even recommended a, a matzo place uh, in D.C. So I got to go check that That's out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And my wife makes good matzo ball soup too, even though she doesn't actually like the stuff. Which is funny because she's Jewish, but mm-hmm. hey, whatever. But I think it's it for me. That's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've never had it. It's on my list of stuff to eat. I've had gefilte fish before, which is okay. I've not had that, but we mm-hmm. do have a gefilte fish chew toy for the dog. Why but would you abuse the a... dog like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have a Subaru Impressa chew toy we picked up at Wicked Big Meat. Oh, okay. And, uh, she, she likes chewing on that. 
Okay. Actually, she likes chewing on basically anything that's not nailed down. No, no, I take that back. She likes chewing on uh, occasionally the uh, the wood trim of the uh, of the door sometimes. So that is nailed down. She mm-hmm. just likes chewing on anything. Yeah, it's a big old dog, isn't it? It's a big old mastiff. Or... Oh, Newfoundland. Yeah, Newfoundland. Hundred forty yeah. pounds of puppy. Oh, that's your dog is like thirty pounds shy of me. That's a little disturbing. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Probably knock you over too. She's pretty strong. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not fucking around with your dog. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's wh- a sweetie though. Which she's is, which is pet. good, crazy to be, because you have, you're a large gentleman. You got a large dog, and you dro- you drove a Subaru BRZ, probably the smallest, and like, I'm not gonna say it was an feminine car, but it definitely was not a masculine vehicle. So, like, it was almost like the uh, scene from that. The Simpsons, where like, Miata's not a masculine vehicle. True. At all. Yeah. Unless you put a roll bar in it, then it looks um, butch. Yeah, it looks like a, ironically, a Subaru with, the, or I'm sorry, a Mazda with a roll bar looks like the sort of person who would drive a Subaru Forester, if you catch my drift on that one. <laughs> so, I like a Forester XC. It's yeah. like an STI wagon. Yeah, man. There's the, what, what, is that the one with the, um, wait, is that the That's one? Like the STI drivetrain, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like the really trucky looking one though? What's that little one? They made it for a little bit uh, in like the nineties. Oh no! The the, uh, the Baja? No, 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 no. I do like the Baja too. See, again, this is. I guess I am thinking of the Forester because it was very kind of yeah. small, trucky looking. Yeah, the Forester. It's you know, it's it's a tall wagon. It's taller than the uh, the Impressa wagon. Just to confuse you, because it's the same running gear. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was a tall wagon. Now it's you know it's blown up into a small SUV crossover thing of its own. I'm trying to think of, but what... hey, that's what the average driver wants. So uh, oh, yeah. can't Subaru for uh, for growing their market like that. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. It, it's it's a little nutty to me. I don't quite get why that's the case. I'm just waiting for wagons to come back. To be perfectly oh, honest, yeah. uh-huh. one day, I'm one day. I love wagons. Yeah, the this Flex is... is technically classified as a wagon, not it's... a crossover or SUV. This is true, and it, it runs and drives like a wagon, and I really like it for it that does. reason. Yeah, and uh, even at the Oppo rally, um, the judges did decide we got the bonus for having a wagon. Mm. Dun, dun, the, dun. the Oppo rally is like you know all that really matters, right? Yeah, I think that's 100% all that matters. You know, <laughs> X rally, that's all that matters. That's the, anything they decide at whatever rally, that's all that matters. Well, I say that it has to be a car-related thing because there's there are other types of rallies, and we don't want to associate with those rallies. So, well, not necessarily. I mean, NASA Rally Sport has the uh, Rally Moto class, so dual-sport motorcycles can compete in that. So, yeah, that's rally for motorcycles. So that's that's also cool. Yeah, but there's, like, rallies where, like, people get together and they all dress, like, the same. And then, like, sometimes there's, like, torches and pitchforks and stuff. We don't want to be associated with those types of rallies. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not See, my thing. No. Yeah, definitely not. It's uh, So as long as it's motorsport associated and it's a rally, that's all that. that matters. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely good with that, yeah. Which, again... No, uh... No, no pitchforks or torches or anything uh, in the rally cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. snow shovels occasionally, but that's as close as we get. Um, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need them. 
Well, I don't know. I, I think that'd be a good little discussion group to go out on there since we're already a little bit over time, but, you know, F yep. it. Um, I'm sure your wife's just sitting there playing. Over time? That never happens. No, never. No, like, <laughs> let's say, like, I, I think, like, one episode I ever stayed on time is because the guy had a hard out, and that was Bob Lutz, ah. and that was super early on. So, yep. and even he, like, when I was getting off the phone with him, he's like, I could have stayed around and talked longer. Well, your publicist said you can only stick around for an hour. Like, wow, she tells that to everyone. All right, cool. <laughs> um, but I anyway. Mean, honestly, we're pretty close anyway. So, yeah, good enough. Yeah, I mean, you're basically Bob Lutz. Um, so, ah, the... Close. <laughs> close enough. Um, he's better looking. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he... I'd fuck him before you, but that's just because I'm a you know a gold digger. That's just how that works. <laughs> just in case you wanted to know, I don't know where he falls on the list overall, but uh, definitely above you. That just no offense to you, but he's got a lot more money and probably has a nicer car collection. Not nothing against the flex, but you know that's how that works. Okay, okay, Ike, you broke me. Congratulations. You see, I told you, I told you, my ADHD is worse than your ADD or whatever. So. Yep, you're uh, right. Right, you win. <laughs> yep, I got it. So, king of the mountain again. So, but speaking yes. of that, so you took part in the opposite lock rally. I took part in the lemons rally. Um, yep. And they were basically, um, I think the opposite lock rally was a lot inspired by um, the lemons rally because Steve, the Absolutely. gentleman running, did it. So, I, I really got to say the more. I interact with that community the more um, there's these rallies that cut out and you know because it's it's a fun day trip and you took your significant other so um, do you think um, and I was while I was doing the lemons rally I had a very similar thought I'm about to kind of make you have to have thought which is if you have a significant other who really doesn't get why people like cars I think they would this would be a great way to get them into that hobby like get them to understand why people like the vehicles the way they do and to enjoy them in a way a little off the beaten path of like their traditional car show where you have people with like models of their car on their car yep yeah no, i i can totally see that uh, i am fortunate enough to already know that my wife gets it because uh, she has co-driven with me as a sweep and course opening at a couple of stage rallies and neither of us ended up dead so uh <laughs> she she gets it she likes it the uh, the oppo rally was actually um a bit relaxing compared to some of that except for the part where because we took her flex for maximum points station wagon two turbos all that fun stuff and uh well we uh we ended up having to withdraw in the middle of the afternoon because the turbos lost power. We limped home. And uh, to make a long story short, um, both turbos blew. Oh. Fortunately, it was under warranty and oh, fully okay. covered because yeah. we were out for a uh, an afternoon or a day of sightseeing. We weren't actually racing because legit, the Apple Rally is not a race. This is true. Which, uh, it, we did, however, um, still manage to score a pair of uh, I Got Screwed trophies because we had something like the third newest vehicle in the entire event. 
and were pretty much the only ones who had to withdraw due to massive mechanical failure. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think that's, um, you know, you had to withdraw for a reason. I had to withdraw for a completely different reason, uh, both yeah. mechanical. Um, so we worked it out of our systems, and yeah. then at next year's Lemons Rally, we're going to be great. Yeah. Well, and then I met someone who has a tow rig, and then hopefully we can, if worse comes to worse, we can pop on that tow rig. Anyway, so, right. um, but I do think a lot of people are hesitant to try and do something like the Lemons Rally or the Opposite Lock Rally or um, even something like the um, Gambler. Um, I mean, the Gambler's yeah. a little bit more to the... Like you're a little off, you're off road. You really can't take a new vehicle, but like even like a um, hot rod power tour or something like that. I think it's a great experience to get out and do. And you don't necessarily need to try and win the event because again, it is an event. It's not a race. It's very exactly. much a you get out, you do a lot of sightseeing. You get to go to parts of the you know country that you would never go to. I mean, I saw yeah. parts of. Pennsylvania I never want to see but never would have saw anyway <laughs> uh, without it and you know some great scenery and Europe and you know the east you know northeast and there's some great you know sightseeing up there down because the race started in Jersey and ended in Jersey I think um, uh, it was Connecticut Connecticut started, that's right yeah. uh, just over the border into New York um, like literally right across the river and uh you know, all of the checkpoints and everything were in Connecticut, and the uh, final checkpoint, there was one checkpoint right near the start were 300 points that we had to make to have any chance. And there was another checkpoint all the way up in Thompson, Connecticut, in the uh, the northeast corner of the state, as far away from that first one as you can get, also were 300 points. And you basically had to hit both of them to get the 600 points to have like any chance of placing reasonably in the event we didn't but uh, that ensured though that you did have to travel the entire length of connecticut and you know, yeah we we had all kinds of good scenery all kinds of fun roads i never knew about um connecticut's one of those states uh you know both for cruising um as well as my motorcycle because I'm, I'm always looking for fun roads on the bike and i haven't done much cruising around connecticut but uh, we, we found some really fun roads as we went along there. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of sad we didn't get to finish the second half of it. Mm. So we, we did spend some time in Bridgeport, which is uh, not one of the nicest places to be. But uh, <laughs> we, we didn't get shot either. So I call that a win. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a lovely place. It is not. Um, no. <laughs> there's um, – trying to think here. Uh, I had a thought, and uh, I'm going to put this one out there. I think you should Lennon's rally next year with the significant other uh, on the motorcycle. I think that's what you need to do. On the motorcycle? Wow. Yeah. Well, she's got maybe um, 15 minutes on my bike in its current <laughs> configuration. Um, yeah, that would be a little tricky. <laughs> ooh, 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 motorcycle sidecar. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and and not your happen. wife, a monkey. I'm going to get you a monkey. <laughs> Why not just take the Newfoundland? She could ride the sidecar. Okay, but the okay, so like B.J. McGrilla had his best friend Bear, which was a monkey. 
So your Newfoundland needs like another weird animal name. So, um, well, she is Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All. Mm, yeah, but for which the which is another Doctor Who reference, but we won't dwell on that. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it, it went right over the head. I, I knew it's something. It's kind of obscure one too. Mm. Well, yeah, my which BJ, my BJ Magrilla reference was not uh, obscure. Yep. I mean, come on now. Oh, no, I, I get it. Really? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Oh, we're so nerdy. Uh, yeah. Yes, so, we are. so since we just lost our last listener, I think this might be the time yes. to end. So, um, <laughs> Justin, uh, absolute pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, you write, you're writing for the drive. Um, you're just kind of tell us where we can find you and what we should do to, you know, go read your stuff. So, uh, well, these days you can look me up at drive to uh, read pretty much everything I'm writing these days uh, you can also look me up on Twitter at Justin Hughes 54 I've run car 54 for various automotive events for years um, and uh, I, uh, I'm also on Facebook I think if you look up Justin Hughes RFD because I never changed that particular name from right foot down and I don't care because right foot down is still very awesome so that's all good mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the various social medias and such where you can find me. And you are the defender of uh, the drive on Twitter. Uh, you know, there's I think that's uh, how... only like once <laughs> or twice. I mean, they they can defend themselves. <laughs> it's wonderful. They're they're great guys over there. Um, hopefully, we'll have yeah. uh, Mr. Mike Guy on to defend yes, his. Yeah, uh, saw that. Yeah, terrible. Terrible movie selection, so we'll see what goes on with that. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I saw that. So, yeah, get my boss on and uh, mm-hmm. torture him like you torture me. Okay, <laughs> we'll do. And I'll t- tell him nothing but terrible things about you. So, By um, all means, yeah. yes. Nothing but the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of the worst lie I could tell him about you. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Find it's, out it's, something he really likes and tell him I hate it. Mm. Justin hates cars. He thinks they're stupid. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, um, and, and Priuses are the best. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> Writing this down. Um, Mary, so, uh, Justin, pleasure to have you as always. Everyone listening, I'll be right back with you. Justin, I'll say goodbye to you off air. So. All right, thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, everyone, after this, we have uh, a quick blooper reel. Uh, not, the audio quality is sketchy on that, so uh, we're just going to uh, do the finishing up here at the moment. So if you like what you heard, uh, make sure to tell a friend, tell a loved one, tell, you know, an enemy. Go to Best Buy and just subscribe on all the computers there. You know, that works. Um, seriously, though, just tell a friend. That's how we grow here. Um, it's the best way to really support the show. Um, you can follow the show on all social media at, at Untitled Car Show, all one word. Um, it's good for Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, and Instagram. Um, if you like what's going on with the Instagram, um, you can follow our West Coast correspondent at Ryan, or Ryan West at Ryanator122. And, um, you know, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Have a good evening, wherever you are, whatever time it is there. We really do appreciate it. And please be safe out there. Hello and welcome to the Untitled Car Show. I am joined today um, by uh, the gremlin of technical issues, uh, Justin Hughes. 
AKA, Nasty. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, thank you so much. I mean, we tried doing this. I think I'm going to put the uh, technical issues we had uh, from when we last started to record at the end of this, just because I think it will be hilarious. Um, yeah, that'll be the blooper reel. That'll be great. Yeah, we, we, we haven't had one of those yet, so that should be interesting. So um, <laughs> what makes it really uh, <laughs> interesting is um, you're, I mean, you used to do the podcast uh, episode description, which was fantastic for me because that meant I didn't have to write anything. Um, and we talked very briefly about this before we started just having a horror t- technical issues last time. So, um, like, how badly did that make you want to quit and go work for the drive? <laughs> well, it wasn't because of uh, the uh, the write-ups for your podcast. I can guarantee that. <laughs> nah, it's um, it's it was interesting to do. Um, it was just tricky. I mean. You know, the, the perk of that gig. Working at the All right, moment. everyone, after so this, we are just going to try uh, and get a little bit real. as we uh, can not, here. So, the audio uh, quality is sketchy know, on so that, so uh, we're just going to go out there. They have people uh, record the on their end and up here record on So if you like what you heard, uh, like the uh, make sure to tell friends. Uh, I don't do that here on the show. I like to operate where we just Go to Best Buy and just subscribe on all the computers there. That works. I use an um, iPhone and a lightning Seriously, though, just tell a friend. That's how we grow here. Headphones and that um, adapter has been giving nothing really but issues. Show. And every time Justin um, is on the show, I have technical issues, and I don't know what Justin what is wrong with you and why are you my kryptonite car show? All one it. word. Um, it's good for Facebook, uh, Twitter. I think that's exactly um, what it is. Oh my Instagram. goodness! Thank you for joining uh, me on the show. Like what's going on with yes, Instagram? You're on the show, um, your voice is you audible. Follow, this uh, is West Coast correspondent awesome. at Ryan West at Ryan I am not touching anything at the moment. So make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. So yeah, thank you so much. You recently started writing some. For those of you who don't know, Justin used to write my articles. And please be safe uh, out he's there. He's left me, and now i got to write them all myself. And uh, first of all, uh, Justin, uh, it sucks writing my articles, just just so you know. Like, I, I don't like doing it. How did you do it? <gasps> Shit! <laughs> oh. Justin, shit was my symbolic. Um, we lost the audio again. Uh, hold on. Justin, I am going to try something. I'm going to call you right back. Boop. Not so much painful as time-consuming because, of course, I have to listen to the entire podcast before it goes out and then uh, try and pick out the interesting and weird bits to mention in the article just to just to tease it a bit and try and get people interested in listening. Yes, that's going pretty well. It's uh, it's definitely a, a new and interesting challenge. Um, I'm putting out anywhere from uh, three to five articles a day.